Welcome to the Melomancy Podcast. I took a DNA test and it turns out I am 100% that bitch. My name is Dylan. My name is Victim. My name is Sarge and I just leveled up and I'm dying from that intro. <laughs> and today with us we have Rick from Melomancy. Thanks for joining. It's got a, we got a four stack today, which is a little different. It's going to be a lot of editing, but I am not afraid. We believe in you. And, you know, have you heard about our new subscription? It's called Melomancy First. Um, is it anything like uh, Fallout First, whose website says something about, wait, what was it, falloutfirst.org or something? No, it's closer to Rooster uh, First. Somebody registered a domain name. That was a good joke uh, when that happened. Now, the, uh, I don't even Tell- remember who the guy is, but BBC actually interviewed him. Oh, because wow. it got that popular and uh, it's real easy to pick on video game companies at the moment for main media. Hang on, there's a word there and I'm missing it. Mainstream media? Thank you. Access media? No, no, he got it. Uh, thanks, Sarge. <laughs> I brain fart there. You did 75% of the work for me. Don't give me too much credit. So, so Rick, uh, I think you're the only person I know. There's one other. But you're one of two people in the world that I know that actually played Fallout 76 after the beta. What the fuck happened? Like, <laughs> can you tell me what's going on from the it, from the player perspective? Because everyone, like, I don't want to ask like fucking Yong Ye or Jim Sterling, who are just like seething at the mouth, waiting to, to dunk on Bethesda when they don't actually play Fallout seventy six. Like, I want to hear the score and fan base opinion. Okay, so we're gonna start at the top. Uh, Bethesda a few weeks ago or a week ago, whatever, said, "Hey, you know, we got these NPCs on the way. Wastelanders update." The idea is that's going to move the story forward. They're going to probably change some stuff with the world. Realistically, we don't know what actually is involved with it. We do know that they've told us that it's happening, but we got to delay it until like February next year. It sucks, but given Bethesda's current track record, we'll take a little bit of polish. Then, uh, on the 23rd? I think it's 23rd of October. They rolled out... A few days ago. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they rolled out this fancy membership, which pretty much everybody who's listening knows about Fallout First. Uh, it'll be private worlds, uh, which don't exactly work as planned. Scrap box, where you can store all your junk items for unlimited storage. Then the survival tent, which is another free fast travel point. Which, By the way, if you're a player who's been playing for a long time, the cost of fast travel is negligible. <laughs> some free is it really oh well yeah it's like think about guild wars you played guild wars right and well i guess i i don't even consider the cost of fast travel in guild wars i i don't even like pay attention to it because it's so small exactly you spend all your fucking money (laughs) yeah once you go down to zero then maybe it hurts but like you get it back so fast no then you realize like oh shit i forgot i need money for this right um then there's the ranger outfit which uh if you've played it's an iconic set from Fallout New Vegas. It's the uh, one that's on the box art of Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas. Now, are, are you, uh, since you're a longtime Fallout fan, and to be honest, I've never played a Fallout game. I, I'm going to be honest with you. What do you think about New Vegas? Some people tell me it's the best Fallout ever made. Some people don't agree with that. What, what do you think? I am in the camp where I don't think it's the best Fallout ever made. It was missing some key things that I love with my open world games, which was randomness, like uh, random events. They don't happen in New Vegas. Everything is scripted in New Vegas, which is fine. It improved on 
the formula that three started. I also didn't really get into the story, which makes me also a minority. Most people were really into that story versus Fallout Three story. Or Fallout Four story was pretty weak. Let's just be clear on that one. Yeah, I mean, three story was okay, but it felt kind of bland in a lot of places. Well, they were following the formula. Yeah, because the Fallout games have a formula, Bethesda games have a formula. Yeah. It's like Oblivion with guns. Yeah. In a lot of ways it was. You know, instead of a prisoner, you were a vault dweller, which in a lot of ways is a prison. Uh-huh. Um, and, but we're the... And then you get some other knickknacks with the Fallout First membership, the Atoms, um, some Icon, and a moat pack. The worst part about the last... You know, so the Ranger armor and the Icon and, uh, really tag you for slaughter. Because uh, people are getting like gangbanged right now who have Fallout First and are displaying it. Players are hunting them. Good. That is their duty, should. right? Um, I mean, I think it's hilarious, uh, personally. Because, <laughs> you know, it's not a good... It's not a good thing to support. I don't think people are necessarily wrong for wanting it. Because a lot of the things that are in there are good things that they've needed to have. It also ship broken. That's a key part too. So there have been all kinds of bugs. Um, Let me one thing about question. Fallout. That's one oh. thing about seventy six that I've noticed. Bugs seem to be customized for each person. Like I have a bug where um, I've had these big ass enemies. They're giant mutated bats called Scorch Beasts. If I kill a Scorch Beast, or if I'm around a Scorch Beast and I fast travel, that Scorch Beast, of course, will corpse will follow me my entire play session. That's interesting. That's I want to pose the question of uh, the hunting the guys. Now, you, there is obviously a lot of drama around the support for the game and everything, and that will put a target on you. But I feel like just on the internet in general, if you're flaunting things like that, you're going to draw a lot of attention and be targeted. So do yeah. you think it's more of the people who are like protesting even though they're also playing the game? Or do you think it's like just a concentrated phenom- the phenomenon of how, like, you have money, we clearly see it, we're going to fuck you up? Oh, I can speak to this, actually. So uh, back in the day on HeroCraft, one, one of the things that happened was um, you, could, you couldn't buy power. Like, they at least did that right. But you could buy server-wide experience boosts for, like, increments of an hour for, like... 10, 20 bucks a pop based on how long you want it to go. And our community would typically all pitch in and like uh, get those rolling at nighttime when all of the people we didn't like logged out because they're kids and, you know, we're adults and we can stay up late. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, some of those kids uh, also stayed up late and they always went after people, not just in our community, but server wide that weren't part of them to basically go to all the popular leveling spots and like kill people. Not only because they were starving for for fights that were easy, uh, but because they didn't want those communities to gain power so they could have a fair fight. They didn't want a fair fight. They just wanted to win. Which they still lost <laughs> most times. But see, even that mentality, some would call it griefing, but if you go back into the old days of WoW, one of my favorite songs is from FSR. Oh yeah, I know it done. In the song, uh, they're talking about ganking noobs in the yard and so on. And he's like, yeah, I might be a noob now, but like, let me call my friends who've been playing. They're all level 60s. They're going to fuck you up. Like, and then I'm going to level and then I'm going to come and fuck you up type deal. So it's that's like an age old practice. 
So, hey man, the I'm, leveling list is a big thing. If you don't have a leveling list, you're not getting ganked enough. Yeah. I have a feeling that this might be different because, I mean, people who buy Fallout first, they just get like a little like name chain or like a, a little icon of yeah. their name, right? Um, and they have to flaunt their thing, too. That's yeah. the thing. They're flaunting the... They have to choose it? Like, their wealth, basically. So they don't receive any, like, serious gameplay bonuses. Yeah, they get some cool things. Like, the scrap box is a... The scrap box is the only thing on that entire list that actually gives them a definitive gameplay advantage. But is it perceived as, you know, extra fuckery? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because of the drama around it? Or is it just, you know, like, is it the typical ganking and everything just perceived as extra fuckery because of the issues around it? It's not typical uh, ganking. One, it's targeted. Uh, granted, anything that sets you apart will get you targeted in the first place. But yeah. more specifically, people are mad, and this is one thing that they can do to other players that uh, have purchased. I mean, I almost want to say it sounds malicious, but at the same time, they kind of deserve it. It's a tough thing, because you know, I've been on the subreddit here and there, and I've been reading some stuff, you know, keeping up to date. It was... I don't want the game to fail per se, but I need it to be better. Yeah. The the one other guy I know that plays Fallout 76 says similar things because he's a big Fallout fan. And he's like, I want it to be good and it's kind of fun, but it's got a lot of problems and he keeps trying to play it. But then you shit know, like this happens. In less words, yeah. what you're saying is you're not mad, you're just disappointed. The big thing is, yes. Um, there have been some other instances with how it deployed poorly as well. Like, um, there have been people who have lost all of their scrap. Uh, some people have claimed that their account just has deleted itself. I don't know if that's been verified personally. I know that that would be something that should be a big red flag. But if you remember, Anthem had that issue back when it uh, started where it would actually destroy your PS4 or Xbox. Like it'd red ring it and it'd just be cooked. Yep. Holy shit. It's okay. because it would run the graphics... Uh, of the machine like through the roof and just melt it because it would mine bitcoin damn that, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the more likely i mean <laughs> needs some money after the, so many flops in a row i don't think they need money i think they're just like yo we can mine fucking bitcoin and get these dumbasses to pay for some loot boxes hold up like but they fucked it up and started blowing machines I think um, the story of Anthem is is partly why, though I have a computer science degree, I would never work in video games. Like, fuck that. I yeah. I think you have a, a big enough head on your shoulders there that you you'd know well enough to stay away from something shitty like that. Well, part of it is yeah. they don't get much of a choice that they want to work at that company too. A lot of people, you know, that's something. I don't know if you touched on the whole uh, Blitzchunk thing, but just to dip my toe in the Blizzard thing real quick, that's part of why, you know, you get these protests, like there's Blizzard staging that demonstration, but they're kind of being anonymous about the employees doing it. Because they can't sacrifice their job. They still have yeah. to put bread on the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we actually went into some length about that in the last episode. And I encourage anyone listening that cares about that to go listen and please bear with the length of the episode because we were got pretty drunk by the end and it just kind of dragged on. But I didn't want to cut all the dialogue because it was pretty good. But TLDR, fuck China. But at the I same agree. time, it's like, <laughs> it's like they shouldn't have done that. And that sucks for everyone involved. But I, 
I also don't really expect a company like Blizzard to just commit Sudoku like that. I mean, that's like Disney making their film not China safe. Because like half the money comes from China. It's like they cut your budget in half or your revenue in half. Well, right. You've got like um, Apple and um, the NBA who both are kind of doing a song and dance back and forth too for that exact reason. Mm -hmm. So much money comes from China. China's got the biggest uh, like economic boom in well this century. Uh, South Park actually did a really good episode. Uh, it explaining the yeah uh, they did the, that's why i like south park like layman i say layman like i'm not an idiot but layman will watch it and they'll inadvertently be like they'll learn the reasoning behind something or you know a political stance something like that that it it's deeper but it's fucking hilarious yeah also they got banned in china for that episode I mean, PewDiePie got banned in China for. Did you see oh. their tweets about it? They were basically just uh-huh. like, "Oh no, yeah. what are we gonna do?" Like, I love it was those great. guys, Matt and Trey. So, I, I don't remember who said it, uh, but you know, some people I remember spoke about uh, Matt and Trey, uh, the creators of South Park, and they were just like envious. They're like, they're untouchable. They can say and do anything. They they can express their comedy however they want and they can't be canceled it's like yeah they came up in such a time but at the same point and like they came up in a time where it was okay but if you look at uh social justice politics or whatever you would call it there was like no other window where that would have worked because like when it first came out it was like oh maybe this is kind of edgy you know but like it was when controversy it was when controversy was really selling like you had like Eminem at that time and stuff and like controversy or issues around it didn't really drive people away there wasn't like oh like actual boycotts or the fake boycotts we have now they were like full on like oh you have some controversy you just you you're 10 times better off now and they they came up through that but they've not only I assume they were always this talented because, like, a uh, basketball, fucking hilarious movie. They've had the this time to perfect the satirical way that they go about things, and like you said, other comedians talk about them in high regard because they can talk about whatever. But they also are fucking comedic geniuses type deal. Like, I would put them, and this might be heresy to some. But like on the same level as uh, Carlin or Pryor and uh, Richard Pryor, George Carlin. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, they may not they're not stand up comedians. So it's kind of like comparing apples to oranges. Yeah. But they're so like smart in the comedies that, you know, they can they can sell you a fart joke. Yeah, it'd be like comparing it'd be like comparing like Tupac and fucking Led Zeppelin. Like they both make music, but fucking similarities. Mm, and there. Yeah, like that's about it. So. It's- so before we get more off track, I, I do want to talk about um, Outer Worlds. But before we talk about Outer Worlds, I mentioned we mentioned um, about Fallout 76 and the coverage and all that stuff. And did you guys see all those tweets from all those Kotaku ar- authors today? I oh, did. I did see a little bit. Did Kotaku disappear? I, I posted a screenshot in the podcast channel on our Discord. Why don't you scroll up to 8.17 p.m. Pacific okay. and, and click that image. Like, um, a bunch of them just, like, posted, like, I don't know what's going to go on, but it's been great. 
The support is fantastic. <laughs> and it's like, oh, what? shit, did they have some cracked Are they about to... uh, explosion? I think they're getting cracked. Oh, man, <laughs> that sucks. Just wake up one day without a job. Like, again, that's one of those things mm. where I don't agree with almost anything they say. Although they have been more fair lately. I don't lately. think anybody deserves to just lose a job like right. that. And you know what's funny is, um, well, it's not funny, but uh, the place where I got that screenshot, I also saw a post where, it, and this is total hearsay, but it would appear that someone with controlling interest over Kotaku was upset about their anti-China coverage of the Blitzchung tra- uh, dramas and the NBA. Because as you know, Kotaku wrote articles in favor of Blitzchung and against the opposition that was in support of China. And uh, apparently the people who own Kotaku were not happy with that. And I think that's why they got mm. the axe. That's total hearsay. That might not be what happened. And some of these people might keep their jobs, but they might get like pay cuts or hour reduction. I don't know. It seems like consequences are on the way for these people. It may not end up being jobless, but it sounds like bad news for them. Yeah, one thing that we definitely have to keep in mind, and a lot of people don't see this unless you watch something that's uh, very... It comes in a little spicy. Um, that one gaming guy that we both talked about. Upper Echelon? Upper Echelon, yeah. He comes in real spicy, and I definitely don't watch all of his videos all the way through. But I will say the, the thing they brought up about how the media companies are, you know, when they're all owned by the same corporation, you find local outlets that are down at the bottom of the pyramid delivering the exact same message. And it was like 30-some-odd stations delivered the exact same broadcast yeah, about fake Yeah, I saw news. that little clip. What's his name? Last week tonight, John Oliver did a piece on that as well, uh, showing the chain. He's spicy in a different way. Yeah. A different flavor of spice. A uh, workplace-friendly uh, flavor work of spice. Workplace-friendly? <laughs> uh. was going to get fired from watching him. Yeah, I was going to say, because uh, Upper Echelon, he sells a shirt that's uh, one stick figure flipping off a whole crowd saying not so politically uh, yeah. correct. Yeah, I've seen some of his videos. He gets politically spicy. So do a couple other people related to him. But um, Clean Price, I think, is one. Yeah, or The Quartering. I don't recommend their videos to people, but I do occasionally watch them if it's about an interesting topic. Because, you know... I don't mind getting the other side of things from time to time. That's why, like, on Twitter, for instance, I follow, like, a bunch yeah. of people from all around the, the sphere of political thoughts and whatnot. But one thing to remember is just because they're spicy doesn't mean they're wrong. It's the unfortunate part sometimes. <laughs> right. Not to not to shit on somebody, uh, but everything I've ever seen from Jordan Peterson, and recently I saw something of his when he was on the uh, Joe Rogan podcast, and he was talking about like his diet and how he only eats meat now, like red meat. He doesn't eat chicken or anything, and it cured his depression. It's like, bro, you're going to die. Yeah, like, I think he might want to step that one back. Maybe he's got a loose screw in there. Did you see the, the, the cover of his new book? It's like him and his daughter, and they're like, she's in a bikini, and he's like in swim chunks. And yeah, I mean, like, he's he has some decent takes on things, but yeah, that sounds a little fucked. And I don't, I don't like, wish anybody harm or anything, right? Like, I might not yeah. agree with him on political points or anything like that, but I feel like if you only eat red meat, it's like known that you're gonna die so like like it will kill you it's gonna it's not a good thing for you and it's cool that he's him and his daughter are presumably seeing uh great effects from this but i feel like 
it would it's kind of like burning the candle at both ends type deal you know like yeah you're you're not depressed and you're not on medication but also your life expectancy is now dropped 20 years like right well i hope it turns out okay i mean i don't i really don't believe that you need to agree with every single stance a person holds to actually like them i think that that's a really high bar that is unrealistic and will just lead to a life of loneliness i say that i don't wish anybody harm but there are some people who are <clears throat> very popular who are just wrong about everything and they're pushing a very toxic toxic narrative and those people can go oh, fuck yeah. off they can go sit on a cactus i do not care about them and they don't care about you uh because they they build their reputation on doing the opposite of what i just said where they only like people who they completely agree with 100%. And as yeah. soon as someone that they formerly agreed with falls out of line, their whole support network collapses in yeah. on them because yeah. it was built on fucking sticks, right? Yeah. It's like you need to toe the line and believe what we believe, or you're not one of us. And since you gave up everything to become one of us, you'll be left with nothing. Yeah, yeah. If I see value in something, though, like uh, there's some things that I've seen from Jordan Peterson specifically that are like, that makes sense. That's factually accurate and everything. Okay. Now, other things that are completely wrong, whether they be factual or I just disagree with wholeheartedly, I know that he is academically trying to do something, right? Uh, I, I mentioned Joe Rogan. People get pissed that he gives uh, Shapiro mm -hmm. and them a platform and blah, 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 blah. But those same people don't get pissed when he gives fucking Bernie Sanders a platform. It's like, well, yeah, I love that episode. That was yeah, it was, it was good. I, I love a lot of. Episodes. I like his Elon that, Musk one too. That was great. You got him to to smoke and. There's very few episodes that I uh, fully watched of that, and the Sanders one was great. I I normally just catch the clips, but uh, like Joe Rogan, he gives a platform to everybody, and he's being, sometimes he's he plays being the devil advocate. And sometimes yeah. he, you know, you sometimes have to agree with people to keep a conversation going. Like, uh, I feel if he was playing hard devil's advocate with, what's his name? The crazy conspiracy guy. Frog's guy. Oh, uh, Alex Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they've been friends since way back before Alex Jones took a fucking dive off the deep end and like went super all right. But I feel mm -hmm. like if they weren't and he was playing the devil's advocate with them, that that guy would just be like, fuck you, I'm out of here, type deal. So when people get pissed that he's giving these right people, these right wing or left wing or whatever, a platform and he's seemingly agreeing with them, well, it's, you know. He's just interviewing them. It's yeah, like, that's it's, just technique. Yeah. Like he might not be throwing the hardest balls or anything and he might be like, mm, yeah, that makes sense. But it's to get them in a comfort zone, you know, maybe. So it's, it's an interview, but it's also. Yeah, and it's only natural that he gets people like uh, Bernie Sanders and Andrew Yang. He gave them kind of softballs because he actually agrees with them on a lot of shit. Yeah. Because he's a left-wing dude. Yeah. It's just most people don't believe he's a left-wing dude because he'll actually speak to someone who doesn't believe in all the same things as him, which yeah. is fucking ridiculous. And yeah. I, I fucking love him because he just agrees that he's dumb. He's like, I'm a fucking chimp, bro. He has a stand-up bit where he's like, if the electricity goes out, you know, I give it a week before standing in a fucking, you know, everybody's standing around in the street with torches, like, you know how to get this shit back on? Nope, nope, do you? Oh, Bill from across the way, like, <laughs> and he's like, we're fucking apes, bro. We would eventually, like, two months, two months after 
everything shut off, I guarantee we'd be living in a cave. And he's like, and a lot of you are going to die. Maybe not me. Maybe I will. I have, I'm a big dude. I need a caloric intake if I can't find food. But he's like, but I know how to find food. He's like, but I don't know how to turn electricity on. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, right. I love it. I hope one day I'll be famous enough to be on his show. But that may not ever happen. That's fine. Maybe this podcast will get Maybe. us there. Who knows? Fuck yeah. But instead of rattling on about people with similar shows, I want to talk about Outer Worlds. So back to you, Rick. So you told me earlier you were playing Outer Worlds, which um, from what I understand is made by Obsidian, who made Fallout New Vegas that a lot of people really liked and consider it the last good Fallout. Uh, which may or may not be true, but um, it sounds like Outer Worlds was a hit. Oh, Outer Worlds, guaranteed it's going to be a commercial success. And you've got all kinds of people lauding oh, praises yeah. on both sides of like Polygon and uh, Skilla. Right. You know, Yang Ye, if he ever does a video about it, he'll probably be telling you how great it is, too. Even those like right wing ish um, freaking contrarians are liking it because it sounds kind of like you know, get woke, go broke on the surface. But once you like actually play it and deal into the story, it's like those weird haircuts are corporate mandate. And you know, this and that about the story is like, that's actually just a good story. And it's not like pandering and it's not like weak. Cause a lot of those people just don't like weak stories. Like, you know, they, they will criticize the new star Wars, but they're fine without a worlds. I mean, yeah, you know, well, so to say about outer world story, um, I will be honest. It didn't draw me in. Like, and that may just be because I'm, you know, an old and jaded man now, as in comparison to you know when Oblivion came out and I played it for oh, nearly man, two I, days straight. I miss like I played that's it for a good like, example. The whole weekend straight is so good. I miss that. If I didn't have a life like uh, to do with Outer Worlds, I would have been done with yeah. it in like twelve hours. Um, I did basically every quest that you could do without blocking off other quests because there are a couple of that. It's still a modern RPG where you have to pick a side at one point, and yes. There are a couple of times where it's side A or side B, which I really didn't like. Um, and if you see, like, uh, some of the pre-release reviews, like the, uh, oh, I want to say it was a polygon. I don't know. But they uh, were telling you that, you know, it's going to make you really think about whether or not you side with corporations or not. And I'm, hearing that alone really pissed me off. I spent my first, like, hour in the game just killing everybody I met. Friend, foe, doesn't matter. You're a corpse. That's beneficial, <laughs> too. Perfect. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, actually, I am going to not going to replay it, but I'm going. I saved right before doing the final mission because it does the. There's no turning back from That's here true. thing. I love that. And uh, so, what I'm going to do after that is I'm going to reload that in a couple of days, and I am actually going to kill everybody off and see what kind of uh, finale mm. it gives me. I will say that there are some. I agree with uh, some of the people who are saying like the combat's a little lackluster. It's there, it's good, but I never felt struggling with it. I was playing on the second highest difficulty first time through, and there were some parts where we'd have like artificial difficulty enemies with just deep, deep fucking health pools that I couldn't take out. But, you know, infinite reloads because that's how games work now. True, that's very true. And eventually you can gun your way through or walk around. That's one of the key things about it, though. There is always another way. Like, it's uh, Bethesda game. It has choices and stuff. I've seen very little of it. Um, From what you've seen of Cyberpunk 2077, what do you... How do you think those are going to match up? Because they kind of seem... 
since they're both dystopian stuff. Yeah, if you want a better comparison for how this game plays, it's not Fallout. Okay. Bioshock. Bioshock, okay. It plays, like, you don't have superpowers like you do in Bioshock, yeah. but the gunplay feels like Bioshock gunplay, where you have, like, minor modifications you can do to it. Like, you can change, for the purpose of this game, you can change the barrel. The barrel's things like, you know, a silencer or increased crit damage, shit yeah, like yeah. that. It's like three different barrel mods. There's four or five different chamber mods, which will change your damage type or add more bullets to the magazine. And then there's uh, sight modifications. There are three total in the game. Like, there's... I don't know. The max you can customize your ga- like guns is very little. And they do do something that I really like. If you have a gun that you like, and you got the spare cash for it, which cash, just like many RPGs, is technically infinite as long as you want to go grind for it, you can level that gun up with you. Oh, see, I like that. I like that a lot. I wish Borderlands was like that. That's one of the things I did like a lot about Destiny 2, because you can do exactly that. Oh, neat. See, I've, I've, I've been playing a lot of other games like Borderlands, and I didn't really get on the Destiny 2 hype train. Um... Are the guns balanced well? Yeah, they're balanced well, but you know they have levels, so they're very like guns and armor have levels, so it's very clear cut. But this piece is better than that piece. So like, yeah, like for progressing. But if you really liked gun A and you ended up leveling it up, it would be comparable, if not possibly better than other guns, all at max level and such. And then there's the variations of. Uh, what pieces you have. Of course, of course. And uh, not only that, but they're like unique items in the game. One thing that I will say, and this is, you know, anybody who's been familiar with the Fallout series or the the Skyrim series, the uh, Elder Scrolls uh, for the last, you know, (laughs) few years. Hurt my soul, Rick. Hurt my fucking soul. Well, no. uh... Hey, hold on. Hold on. It's not Rick's fault, okay? (laughs) Even fucking they forgot that it wasn't the Skyrim series. Speaking of, I'm playing Skyrim on my phone right now. It's the newest thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, my calculator <laughs> plays Skyrim now, too. Yeah. 16 times uh-huh. the detail. Anyways, yeah. so, what? A, one thing that I will say that you can do in this game, you could not do in any of the Bethesda games. You can climb fucking ladders. Oh, nice. Oh, my Ooh. God. Ooh. That is... Mm. I know, right? That's a selling point. You, you, nice. It's not like a fade to black, right? No, no, it's not fade to black. Oh, like, oh, okay. You press X. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, what's the left button on a PlayStation? Square? Oh. Yeah. So you pl- press X or square. You'd cl- attach yourself to the ladder, and you can stick or W or whatever up the ladder. You fire from the ladder. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> That's maybe next Yeah, year. like some crazy like, gun maybe play. Maybe next Crazy installment. gun play. I was like, oh. Maybe no, next year it's... when it releases on PC? I'm just kidding. Honestly, yeah. like, I'm going to be straightforward. Call of Duty probably has better gunplay. But that's not the way you yeah, play this no, game. No, no. I mean, uh, like you said, Bioshock. Bioshock is just such a game. But it's... it's it, There's levels, you know? It's like the story's good. The little side bits are good. Like the little sisters and everything. So I, I, I get what you're saying about the gunplay. Right, and uh, Deus Ex would be another, like, it's kind of, for me at least, somewhere between the modern Deus Ex uh, games and Bioshock. 
because you get like perks which mm-hmm. are similar to what Adam gets in Bioshock. Or damn it, <laughs> I'm just blending <laughs> yeah, games together. Fuck it. Anyways, that's similar to what Adam gets in uh, Deus, Ex. Deus Ex. Yeah, where you know, but he uses like extra stuff. Where this one doesn't really have like uh, you get a new ability. Yeah, it's more of abilities, or you get more in- enhanced version of pre-existing things okay. for perks. Uh, perks are very straightforward stuff, like more health, mm-hmm. uh, more base armor, more. They've got a thing called, which is basically vats for all intents and purposes, called tactical tactical time dilation. Okay. It doesn't auto target for you. It just slows the world down. It'll kind of you get like different effects depending upon where you shoot the enemy. Bullet time, and it's not like Fallout in this regard where if you shoot that part it does the thing it's not it doesn't have its own health bar oh okay if you get like if they get shot in the head they'll grab their head they'll you know be staggered for a second and they'll have trouble shooting you a little bit robots don't really care about getting shot in the face so i made a joke earlier and nobody laughed sorry i was super interested in this i missed the joke entirely Oh, I said, yeah, a year later when it comes out on PC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a dumb oh. joke. Stop yeah. making that joke. It's um, it's Epic exclusive. However, I, I was going to say a year later when it comes. Yeah, it's Epic exclusive right now for a year. But for some reason, if you have the Microsoft Game Pass, which I guess is an Xbox thing, you can get it on PC right now without Epic's involvement, which is kind of yeah. cool, which makes me wonder, is. is Epic exclusivity just not on GOG and Steam? Because that's that's kind of yeah, shitty. I mean, that's this is a big enough company where they probably got a little bit of wiggle room uh, with their contract with Epic Games. I mean, granted, what I'm saying here is pure hypothetical. I feel like it'd be more Microsoft giving that thing, you know, because like we have it on Xbox, so we're gonna have it on how we want it, you know. And the Epic, Game Pass is gonna just yeah. bow down to that. I don't think it's necessarily Obsidian. Where I'm guessing what happened is something akin to Obsidian said. Hey, we made this deal with Microsoft. We'll give you the PC exclusive, however, Game Pass. And you can't keep the game after you like run out of Game Pass. But you know, right. good joke. So $13 a month will get you Bethesda's uh, Fallout first. Or $5 or $10 if you're on Xbox because the the Xbox library is way bigger than the PC library. You get Xbox Game Pass and you can play the game for as long as you want. It's like better GameStop because I don't have to get nickels back. Yeah, right. Yeah, fuck that. And say so you just move on to the next thing and pay your little $5 monthly thing. That's kind of a good deal. It's tempting, but I'm trying not to sign up for more subscription services right now. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't do it unless you really want it. And But that is a cool thing to mention that it is on Games Pass. They did it with Gears 5, too. Speak- Gears 5 was on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Speaking of subscription services, I want to I want to switch topics for a minute because it's been bothering me all week. So, have any of you seen? Well, do, first of all, do any of you subscribe to HBO? I did until Game of Thrones ended, and it's only because short answer no. Uh, we don't talk about that. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, my mom's got an account, and I can use it if I want it. Game of Thrones ended in season seven. What are you What are you talking about? They crossed the ocean, and then it got canceled, right? Uh, no, it was before that. <laughs> oh, yeah, the church blew up, and then it just ended. Yeah, yeah. No, it was before that. It was like... That season, season was good! What are you talking like about? Season... season six was there eight. Oh, that was season six. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm... Look, I, I have 
no Sarge ended idea before of time the, anymore. Before Game of Thrones did. Yeah, like I fucking mentally checked out at some point. It was like, Dude, what happened? You picked a good time to check out because, like, season six, the end of it was like the beginning of we don't know what's coming in the books because we've passed the books. Because the ending wasn't in the books yet. I mean, they titled that episode after the next book, Winds of Winter, right? Yeah. So I think they had like a cue from yeah, yeah, G.R.R. Yeah. Martin that, uh, hey, that church is going to blow up and it's going to kind of go this way. And then they just kind of winged it from there. And that's why the last two seasons were so bad. The, the seventh season was like kind of okay. It's like, oh, I get it. It's like Star Wars Episode Two. It's setting up for something great. And then, and then it's not great, right? So uh, that's besides the point. And the point is, is that... It feels like HBO has been scrambling to hold on to their golden goose because like Game of Thrones brought so many subscribers to HBO, even if they were only seasonal subscribers, right? That they cancel afterwards. Like first it was Chernobyl, which they had ready to go as soon as Game of Thrones was over. Everyone's like, oh my God, watch Chernobyl. It's the greatest thing ever. It's like six episodes and I still didn't see it, but that's okay. Uh, Destiny watched it and she said it was amazing, right? I believe it. I watched the ending. It was really tense. Never uh, uh, heard of it. I walked in on it. Uh, it's basically a drama based around the Chernobyl real life explosion, but like some characters, like there's this one like scientist chick that's supposed to represent all the scientists because like I guess all the scientists leaked out information to one dude who's the main character of this story who testified, and the show is about his testify and like how the government didn't like it and whatever. Him I didn't because watch it. That sounds Russian like government in a nutshell, right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> point is is that it was really well done it was really well done and it makes history fun because it's a little dramatized but it's still very based in reality but it's only six episodes after that what are you going to watch on hbo i mean they had a couple other shows that are they, they put some work into their shows but it's like it's not worth subscribing and before game of thrones ended you had to pay f through your cable company they didn't have hbo go they invented hbo go because people kept pirating game of thrones because it wasn't easy to get because a lot of these people already didn't have cable, and it's like, I have to subscribe to cable and then to HBO? Fuck that. They have that. like three right. fucking streaming services, by the way. There's like HBO Go, HBO Now, and maybe it's two. HBO on cable. HBO First. Yeah, and HBO First. <laughs> HBO First is uh, just HBO Go changed slightly, and it costs $90 more. Gross. <laughs> so, basically, they HBO... HBO and the journalists paid to write good things about them are saying that they have their golden goose again, you know, and it's Watchmen, which, as you know, I was a very big fan of the book and the movie as the movie was very close to the book. Now, some people won't agree on this because it did change the ending. But to be honest, what was that director's name? It's a director nobody likes. Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder's Watchmen movie, especially the director's cut. I thought the ending was better because it made a little bit more sense with the way the events played out. But it was still like the same message, the same conclusion. And a lot of the scenes in the movie were scene for scene with the book. Like, it was clearly a labor of love. The dude obviously read the book. I just thought it was mm -hmm. short, if that makes sense. Like, I, you could definitely tell oh, yeah. that there, it, there was cutting for time type deal. And it was like... That's why the director's cut is way better. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, the director's cut was way the fuck longer. I've only um, seen it like 10 but times. But that's besides the point. Normal cut. The point is, is that this movie proves that you can adapt the book and it was fine. Other works by Alan Moore, the legendary writer that wrote Watchmen, uh, other things that he's written have been adapted. Some good, like Viva Vendetta. 
some bad, like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Though that movie is a guilty pleasure. I unironically love that movie, but it's nothing like the book. Whereas V for Vendetta, I, they make several creative liberties and several changes from the book, but it's still pretty close. I, I didn't know that was one of his yep. books. I just thought it was like a original idea that came out and was like, okay. But now knowing that there's a book, I have to read it and be I, like, I do, oh, fuck now, I hate I this movie. I do get to say something on like, that note too, like, when it comes to books versus mm-hmm. like adaptations or even like vice versa, as we're seeing a little bit more of now, I feel like there's a lot of bias at play. I mean, obviously you're going to love the first thing you came to love first. I think that uh, some people don't curb their expectations accordingly when something is adapted. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. because like I said, with the, the Watchmen movie, clearly there was cut for time shit and everything. And it felt a little rushed. Yeah. Not only that, but with the Watchmen movie, I want to point out that the book's plot was very convoluted, if you were to just put yeah. it in. Right. So, spoiler time. Uh, in the Watchmen movie, uh, Ozzy Mendes, who is the villain, thinks he can save the world by basically making the world think that Dr. Manhattan nuked a bunch of cities all at once. And then, after going through with it and expecting the confrontation, he's like, okay, now, to continue this world peace that I've just proven is happening uh you need to leave the planet and he was like you know what that's a great idea and he leaves in the movie right in the book it is not a nuke on every city using his ship uh, his stuff instead it's a giant tentacle monster just in new york to convince the world that there is an alien threat Hulu. and it's like but like how does that bring about world peace and then dr manhattan just snaps it away and it's like a gruesome mess and it's like but at the same time it introduces plot holes in the movie because having seen the creature is what drove the comedian insane and uh a couple other things that the movie just didn't bother explaining the comedian was just insane to be insane actually right? in fairness um that is a long-standing theory through crazy conspiracy theories all the way to other things that an alien invasion would be the so like a, a hostile invasion would be what uh basically for lack of better word uh brings peace to the Middle East type deal and just world peace in general because it's like, oh, shit. It, you're like, we're all human, but those things aren't, and they want to kill all humans. Yeah. Like, a, a lot of a lot of yeah. alien films use that same plot line. Fuck your invisible lines. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's an age-old thing. It's not only a trope with uh, movies. It's, a tr- it's like a actual think tank type thing. And Watchmen was Watchmen was written during the Cold War, which is why it has all those themes that it has. No, wait, not during the Cold War. Well, I mean, it was it, written it was, about the yeah. Cold War, at least. It was definitely about the Cold War, and it was like this alternate history where, and it's not as obvious in the movie, but it is part of the movie. But in the book, it's more obvious that uh, the Vietnam War was won because Dr. Manhattan was there, and they annexed it as the 51st state. I mean, it's, it's, there very, were five extra it's states very clear in, in the movie. Watchmen universe. Because... Mm-hmm. You know, right. giant so, naked Doctor uh, Manhattan just stomping through Vietnam jungles, like. <laughs> mm-hmm. You see, you see his dick more in the movie than you do in the book. I mean, it's there, but you know, the movie. I'm a like skinny there. dude. I'm pretty sure I've seen Detailed, fucking Doctor Manhattan's ripped. dick more than I've seen my own. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'm I'm getting to a point here. Uh, so Alan Moore, bless his heart, genius writer, crafter of great stories. And one thing that I always thought was really shitty was how 
the first of his works to be ad adapted to film uh, was League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which again is a guilty pleasure of mine. However, and I haven't read the book, but I read a synopsis of the book and all the criticisms, and I come to realize the only thing that the movie and the book have in common is the cast of characters, kind of. It is drastically different and awful, <laughs> right? Um, a huge disservice to the book. Imagine, victim, you write your dream novel. It gets published. You're the next fucking Harry Potter. Everyone adores you and wants I like more. This reality. And then someone makes a movie out of your book. Everyone makes someone makes a movie out of your book, and it's like not your book at all, except like the main character has the same name, maybe a few side characters, and they go do something totally different. Yeah, I'd, pro I'd probably sue. And you're the next. I, I, Harry I'd Potter. have a clause somewhere yeah. that, but in my like, I wouldn't take the money. They'd have to pay me a lot of money to, to yeah. have that go away. Now imagine like the the greedy executives that want to make your movie. Like that's the only option. It's like it's that or no movie. But you don't know it's going to be that bad before you sign it. Make an anime. <laughs> I have way more. I have way more potential of making a shitty D-list anime that at least brings in more views to the book than a shitty fucking movie that doesn't follow the plot line. I'm, I am uh, very on board with everything you said, except the whole you're the next Harry Potter thing. Um, I'm not sure if you meant J.K. Rowling or if you meant the book was Harry Potter or if... I, I meant the book was popular okay, and beloved I was like, by a generation. Victim becomes Harry Potter, and then he was like, "I'm down with that." And I was like, "What? No, no, no! <laughs> Wizard murder all of a sudden? Where are we going? How tired are you, sir? Not, not tired at all, bro. Like, I was just there was just multiple scenarios that that sentence worked, and for some reason, I latched onto the absurd ones. <laughs> like, I mean, in fairness, all options are good for Vic here. Yeah. I mean, I might go a little, a little social media insane, but I'm, hey, whatever. I'm telling your parents that you want to be an orphan. Like this is win-win. Anyway, win-win. They'd be like, "Fuck it, see you, guy." Like, I'm, I'm getting to a point here. So, Alan Moore, genius writer behind *Viva Vendetta* and *The Watchmen* and *League of Extraordinary Gentlemen*, and probably some more stuff. Oh, *The Killing Joke*. He wrote that. That Joker origin story that was like a really short book. Yeah, uh, didn't they also do that? Everyone's heard of. Also do a uh, a film of that where they changed the intro. Yeah, yes, it, which was critically acclaimed. Critically acclaimed after the intro that wasn't in the book. Yes, I'm I'm a hundred percent. I don't have a problem brain with the intro, but it's like that wasn't in the book. Like the the intro that they made where they they show uh, what's her face uh, Barbara Gordon as Batgirl, and then they have sex on the rooftop, and it's like, why is this in the movie? This wasn't in the book because sex. fan service takes to pat out the length so, of the movie. Like, do you, don't you remember the 2000s when it was okay for comic book people to make like hour long like TV special yeah. movies that were on DVD? Yeah. Uh, like DC made a ton of them, and they were I'm all sure excellent. I'm remembering the proper movie. Uh, the Killing Joke is spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it or heard about it. The one where alternate Batman, where uh, Bruce isn't Batman, but oh, spoilers! You were thinking of Flashpoint. Is that yeah, Flashpoint? You're thinking of yeah, Flashpoint. Okay. Yes, it is. Uh, you're thinking of Flashpoint, uh, which was adapted into a cartoon movie, um, and is excellent. Like that would be a great movie. Wait, is the Killing Joke uh, where uh, Alfred becomes the Joker? It's where it's left up in the air at the end. He, if he killed the Joker okay. or not. It also is a Which one of one many. Which one is Alfred the Joker? Um, not okay. this one. Uh, but this is an, also an origin story. For the Joker, which there are many Some origin stories, and the running joke is <laughs> yeah. the running joke is that they're all canon because he's fucking yeah. crazy. All the different 
origin stories. He just makes up his origin as he mm-hmm. wills it because he doesn't care. The Killing Joke is definitely one of the most popular Joker origin stories. It has a very satisfying, um, you know, because the origin part is a flashback, whereas it's still telling an original Batman I've short. Seen all of them. Where uh, he deals with some stuff. Yeah. This was a newer one. Like, it was adapted into I, a movie yeah. very recently. But the book I mean, is really I, old. I've, I've seen so many different variations. Like, not variations, but uh, Batman movies that were, you know, either poignant moments in the comic or uh, fan-written things. Yeah, they they adapted a lot of the most and popular Batman comics into, like, short animated and, movies. Yeah, and they're, they're all pretty all good. Fantastic. Like, I kind of wish they never did a Batman series, which is heresy to some people because there are very good ones. Uh, we would have never got Mark Hamill as the Joker, for example. But if they right. just did like a bunch of movies... I mean, the movies wouldn't have existed without that animated series. In fairness, yes. Correct. Right. So, maybe after they made that animated series, it should just... It, what, actually, what's stopping them from just making more animated movies? Really I mean, nothing. The Killing Joke came out of, like, what, 2017? As a movie? Something like that. It's not that old, but it's old enough... Well, and part of the thing that you've got to keep in mind right now is they've got to play with, is it in the new 52, or is it not? Yeah. Right. That's, a whole... that's true. They did that big DC reboot. Failed. Which, um, I read Final Crisis. I, I agreed that a reboot was a good way to get him out of that corner because what the fuck happened in that book like oh my god and all that black lantern stuff i'm just like just reboot it like i'm okay with it i'm ready for a reboot i i don't really like read that many comics like i prefer to read like graphic novels that have a beginning and an end and a satisfying arc complete right i'll even read omnibuses uh which is basically a graphic novel but it's really just a bunch of comic books stapled together (laughs) anyway i was getting to a point alan moore is a genius so leave it that Alan Moore, absolute mad lad, created all that, wrote all those wonderful stories, worked with some fantastic illustrators to bring his, his work to life in comic form and graphic novel form. And um, after The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, his first movie adaptation was made, he was appalled by its inaccuracy and lack of quality and perfection that he said, I will never view anything else that is an adaptation of my work and I want my name nowhere in the credits, in the title, or anything to do with the film. It's like, that's not my work, and I want nothing to do with the future. So he has not seen Watchmen. He has not seen V for Vendetta. And he hasn't seen or been involved with at all HBO's Watchmen, which is, get this, a TV show sequel Mm. to the book. Oh, I didn't realize it was a so sequel. I thought it was just like a new thing. So it's more people it, writing things they don't know about. I think it was DC Comics. Well, DC Comics owns Vertigo. Somewhere in DC's bubble of comic book writers, they made prequels and I think a few sequel short comics in the Watchmen universe, air quotes, right? That gave some backstory to the characters that is not canon as far as Alan Moore is concerned. And I don't want to know about them because it's not canon. Uh, it's just exploiting. It's like how Sony keeps making Spider-Man movies to keep the the intellectual property rights. Because if you know if they don't make movies after so many years, they, they give it back to Marvel yeah. for free, right? So they will keep shitting out Spider-Man movies, though the last one they did into the Spider-Verse was very yeah. good. Probably the best Spider-Man movie ever. They have to keep making Spider-Man movies in some regard. 
forever. I think that's the best Spider-Man piece of media ever. Out, I say media, but I mean like you know, vi- video. Yeah, like I saw it in theaters yeah, twice. Rick ever. was there for one of them. Yeah, it was a great movie. Um, <laughs> no, so one thing to keep in mind with uh, the Watchmen thing is somewhere out there, DC does own the rights to it. Right, the Watchmen themselves, because Doctor Manhattan has made, and I think uh, technically he's the narrator for. Uh, one of their reboots, like, uh, it was either Final Crisis or some sh- other shit. But he, like, I don't know, it's bullshit. It doesn't matter. I just know I read that Dr. Manhattan is, like, actually in the DC universe in comic form more than once. Right. Whereas the Watchmen original book makes no acknowledgement to other superheroes in any canon, not DC, not Marvel, not anything, not Vertigo. So, what's so it's reverse canon. Absolutely haram. But yes. So, what is really egregious is I forget the dude's name and he's not important. The guy who wrote the TV show, HBO's Watchmen in an interview said that, um, the reason why, and I guess spoiler for the first episode, which was really bad of HBO's Watchmen that came out recently. Uh, it takes place in the, like a little bit after the book and the main villain is the KKK. And it's supposed to be like a reflection of the modern day where white supremacists are like a legitimate threat. Uh, that the internet wants you to believe that they are and that they're like the be all end all. And uh, this dude in an interview said, yeah, I really wanted to do go this route because comic books never have the KKK as villains. And I'm thinking, does this guy read comics? Cause the KKK are villains in many comics for many different superheroes. Well, even that, if you want to even boil that down, racism is a, is a huge, an awesome topic for conflict. That's a weird way to phrase that. Yeah. What do they but think the X-Men racism are? is, is the yeah, X-Men I mean, are just a direct allegory. There's a huge conflict written about and almost... Hell, anything that uses multiple conflicts, one of those conflicts is definitely some form of prejudice, if not racism. Like Captain America's beaten up the KKK. Superman's beaten up the KKK. I bet Batman has too. Ah, they probably have... like Every superhero you can name has probably had some arc in their history uh, where they fought white supremacy or literally the KKK or some form of unjust oppression, right? I mean, Captain America's entire bad guy thing pretty much is fucking comic book Nazis. Yes, in some way, shape, or form. (laughs) That is really weird, though, that they would choose the KKK as villains. And I assume they do a time skip so they can just yada yada how they suddenly became the most powerful gang in the country. Now, again, I haven't actually watched this awful episode. I just know it's bad. And also, it's insult to Alan more that it exists in the first place, so I refuse to watch it. And I don't know if it's actually the KKK literally or just people in hoods that are white supremacists, but it's one or the other. And that's the villain of the show. And it's like, and this guy has the audacity to say that this has never been done before in comic books. And I'm thinking he doesn't read comic books because that's bullshit. And the fact that the show exists is just because they own intellectual property. They could have made an original show about these topics and it probably would have been fine. I have another point about that later uh, for a different topic. But there's not a lot of uh, originals coming out. Like you can be inspired by something, but people were too quick to be like, "I could be like, I want to make this specifically." And it's like, just be inspired by it and write yeah. your own thing. You have the idea there, you know. You can just make your own fucking superheroes, which is way cooler, by the way. And any five year old can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like so, this guy has the audacity. Yeah. Right. I agree. Uh, so this guy has the audacity to make those crazy claims. And 
The whole show is an affront to Alan Moore's legacy. Not that Alan Moore would dislike having white supremacy be a villain. It's just it has nothing to do with the message of his original work, right? Um, the re- his original work had a lot to do with like the Cold War and you know world peace and unity. And yeah, you know fighting oppression is part of that. But it's like, do they need to be front and center? And did you need to make a sequel to his book that wasn't meant to have a sequel? Also, it makes other characters reoccur. Yeah, I mean, if you brought world peace around, the KKK doesn't exist. Like, I think they retcon most of the ending things. to make their show work. Yeah. Um, Doctor Manhattan's in it. Uh, Rorschach is still dead, but like a gang of people have picked up on his deeds and have decided to take up his cause, and they have twisted the message. I think they're like over either overlapping with, or maybe they literally are this white supremacist group that is the villain. But they're they're called. I don't even remember the name. It has Rorschach in the name. And they all Everything dress like him. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, they all dress like him, and they're but they're like not him. Yeah, the so what they pervert everything. But they can. It is a perversion of the original work by far, uh, and it has no right to exist. And critics love it. They will be like a lot of critics on Rotten Tomatoes are like, "Hey, this is what the Joker should have been. This is the message we need to hear, and this is you know." really violent but it's a good violent but it's actually a lot more violent than the joker movie apparently was i haven't seen that either all right if we're comparing the joker and that i just hope that the dankest of memes come from it that's all i care about i don't even want memes to be made of the watchman tv show i want people to forget that it exists and i want hbo to take the l so and not renew i think they're taking it too seriously for it to really get memed wait are they are they the same uh actors no, 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 it's oh, definitely even not better. Nope. So th- these journalists that are obviously paid by HBO to say nice things, right? They are the same people that review bombed the Joker saying, oh, my God, do not see this movie. It will radicalize you as a white supremacist, which is ridiculous, whether or not the movie was good. Because uh, I, again, don't know. But these people were trying to, like, scare people away from seeing it. And they were review bombing it so that it wouldn't get any awards, which I don't think is how awards work. Because Rotten Tomatoes is kind of a new thing, and the Academy Awards are a very old thing. The right. Academy Awards has an academy of people that they send screeners out to, and then those academies, those people, then are like, oh, okay. Because like, like, people that actually did go and see Joker, I've heard things like it's like Oscar-worthy. I've also heard things like it's Oscar bait. As in, yeah. like, you, you can see that they were going for it, but it did not quite land. Yeah, uh, well, Oscar bait doesn't mean that it won't necessarily get the Oscar. It just means that, you know, it kind of pulls you out of the story because, like, how can I put it? Nobody acts the way that the um, Hakeem Phoenix was acting, or Walking Phoenix. I don't know why I did that. Pronunciation's hard for me tonight, apparently. But uh, Joaquin Phoenix does some, like, very obviously, it, it was either his idea or the director's idea to do some just, like, check out how skinny I got for this shit. Yeah, because Hollywood eats that shit up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix is a fucking insane actor, too. Like, he's method of all method actors. He was probably a good cast. I mean, it's better than Jared Leto. <laughs> you remember when he was a rapper for, like, four years? Jared Leto? <laughs> what? No, Joaquin Phoenix? Oh. Yeah. yeah, he was an... Yeah, for, like, a movie that no one saw. I don't even know the name of it, but he was a rapper for, wow. like, four fucking years. Yeah, and I bet that movie was insanely good. Oh, potentially, <laughs> like, or at least his part of it was good. Well, yeah. his part for, yeah. yeah. Right. 
because one thing people always forget too is like directors play a way bigger way bigger role Mm -hmm. if you're an actor and you fuck up and you know you fucked up but the director doesn't think you fucked up he makes yeah. the call. Right. We, we talked about this in our last episode. This is the reason why some English dubs of anime and video games are good and some are bad. Yeah, exactly. Because the director matters. Like, for example, I think the English dub of Final Fantasy XV is very good. But the, the voice director really, really cared about Final Fantasy XV. Right. Whereas Funimation is a soulless company that shits out dubs for things. And sometimes the dub is good. Like Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood are amazing dubs made by Funimation, but you know they make a lot of stuff that isn't good, and they reuse their talent because it's just the soulless company with a bunch of voice actors on payroll. Uh, so that's why anime is typically bad for the English dub, but uh, video games are typically up in the air because for video games, a audition, the cast is like very variable. I mean, you get a lot of repeats, like uh, Nolan North's in a lot of stuff. So is Troy Baker, but like they still. He's a good example for what we're talking about too. Nolan North has had in an interview mentioned that he has tried to like urge directors, like, no, 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 guys, that's a really bad take. This is a really bad voice. We could do this like way better. And they're like, no, 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 this is what we want. And he's like, okay, you're paying me. I feel personally attacked as somebody who is subscribed to Funimation to watch My Hero Academia dubs. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, My Hero's <laughs> dubs yeah. are given the best and highest paid actors. Oh, yeah, handily. It, it's, it's so popular right now. There's well, that's no way one key thing to remember. The shows that are really popular, that are going to just rake in money, get the better voice yeah. actors. Period. Yeah, right, clearly. But it's all, they're all on payroll for Funimation. Like, all the bad dubs Funimation makes is still from people on Funimation payroll, right? Whereas with video games, it's all audition-based, and it's, like, where you live. Like, if you live in Houston, Texas, you're in this pool of voice actors, and you're all going to work on similar games together. Whereas if you're in yeah. L.A., you'll work on different games because some people record them there. And you're not going to telephone in from anywhere else. Like, they don't do that. They, you come into the studio, and you voice so I see benefits to both of those. Naturally, a more marketable selection and uh, merit-based hiring type deal with the auditions. But also, I know there's a lot of issues with voice actors being paid appropriately and such. And having right, them straight it, up on payroll seems... huge story. Yeah. There, I'm not going to tell you right now which way is better. But... Rick, you were about to oh, say? Um, well, I was going to say, I do agree with the way that the video games do it, honestly. Because um, you just get a wider range of talent overall. But you do come up with some weird things where uh, you'll, I, like uh, Hitman. Hitman's a great example where you're, you're doing this one mission in rural Kansas or some shit in the most recent Hitman series where they just call it Hitman. And mm-hmm. uh, there are guys talking in English accents out on a Kansas farm or some shit. Well, it's silly, silly. <laughs> but when you. But everybody in that game's got an English accent uh, or British accent, whatever you want to call it. Right. And That's just is, bad voice direction. Um, like, but it's really weird. Is kind of where it comes down to is that it just is such an odd thing because you. It's so game breaking and immersion immersion breaking. Right. A good director would never allow that. And you want to know something funny? Like, what? Like, someone could argue, too, like, oh, well, it's just where they localized it. But 
a game that me and you both played, Dylan. Actually, Rick, too. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Almost every voice actor in that game is from uh, Europe in some regard. And they all have a European accent, especially Pyra's voice actress. They're all Scottish. But she doesn't yeah, use it. Specifically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she doesn't use it. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 had a really good voice director who knew accents should designate where people are from. So everyone with like the, the Welsh accents were the, the Gormati people, everyone with the like the the southern London accents were from our like our more Ardain. All uh, all the blades had an English accent, even though all of their voice actors were from Britain, they were all using an English accent. And like it was all extremely intentional. You can tell by the way someone sounds where in the game world they're from. Final Fantasy XII also does this, but yeah. less, to less of an extent because you don't meet too many foreigners in Final Fantasy XII. But when they show up, it's like, that guy's not from here. And it's really obvious. Everyone's speaking posh English accents. Somebody shows up, it's like, howdy, y'all. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Oh, actually, in that mission, uh, that Hitman mission, they don't even like pretend that they're out in kansas it's just like they're screaming normal like generic british commando kind of shit at you oh cool blimey it makes no uh, sense and it's really weird blimey me (laughs) (laughs) i just like to believe that in the new hitman world everybody like england english took over everything and that's all anybody speaks that's weird but anyway, Sarge, speaking of core blimey, you really missed out. We went on like a 30-minute tangent about Dragon Quest in the last episode with my friend Mono. You really missed out. Because I know you're the one that I played Dragon Quest 8 with, and you weren't here. So it's like I, I didn't mention it, but like I said, oh, I played 8. So I haven't caught up that. on the, the backstories, <laughs> but uh, who said things bad about it? I'm going to cut them. Nobody. It was it was all praise. Okay. No. I was like, Vic? Um, uh, like, <laughs> I know well, it was you, motherfucker. Actually, like, that, that entire episode was praise for Dragon Quest Eleven, which is out on the Switch with the definitive edition. And then Mono, so my friend good. Mono, he went on a tangent about all the Dragon Quest games, including Seven, which we also played. That is his favorite, and the reasons why, under the hood, that they're exceptional compared to other video games that you may not think on the surface level of your brain. Uh, that was a pretty good episode. But anyway. So, I want to get back to Hitman because Hitman's bald, and I heard that you shaved your head. I shaved my head. So let me tell you. So I live with a family, as you know, and we have neighbors that are really nice, and they come over all the time. They're they're kids. They are older than the kids living here, but they're like they get along and they play together, right? And it keeps the kids like off our backs, which is great. Uh, so it's like, yeah, come over anytime. Keep my kids distracted, right? So neighbor kid, head lice. And I didn't actually get head lice, uh, but I was like, fuck that. I do not want to even risk it. So I buzzed off all my hair. You, it's not uh, bald, it's buzzed. You, but... you should have just went and got the fucking red stuff. It's cheap as shit. I'm broke, man. It's the end of the month. <laughs> so, yeah. Can't, I shaved my head. And spend all the hair is gone. Dude? Oh, I did. On the lice combs. So that, you know, Destiny and yeah. the other people living here could comb the lice out of their hair. Because Destiny's not going to shave her head. Right? But I was Why like, not? you know, I don't need the, I don't need that poisonous shampoo that burns your skin. I don't need the sharp combs <laughs> that hurt your head. I'm just going to shave. Well, I, I've had lice before. Twice, actually. For meme's sake, is your wife awake? If she is, she's probably in bed with the lights off reading Lightbringer on her Kindle. (laughs) 
Alright, then I'm gonna slide in her DMs right now and ask her why the fuck she ain't shaving her head to be a punk rock princess. <laughs> <laughs> either way, either way, if she's awake, I'm gonna get a good answer, and if she's asleep, I'm gonna get a waking up tired answer from her, which I would say is better because okay. I won't remember me sending this. All right. Do it. And then if she replies while we're recording, tell me what she says. So, yeah, victim, you've had lice twice. How how was that? Yeah, I've had it so, once before, so I it, know what it's like. But okay, I but like the shampoo we used didn't didn't burn or anything. The only shitty thing about it was it was hard to like. I I don't know how to explain this. I forget why we had to do it this way, but we had to do it in the sink, and I actually don't really recall why. It was I was like middle school. But um, yeah, that was the, the shitty thing is that I just couldn't shampoo my own head because mm-hmm. uh, the way our sink is, it's too fucking close. So I'd have to be like flailing my arms around trying to fucking find everything because my face is in the drain. Mm-hmm. But, you know, besides that, it really wasn't much of an issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was annoying because we had to do it for like weeks, but that is yeah. pretty much it. So that's part of the reason why I'm kind of sad that I couldn't get the stream working for recording this episode because like i said in the last couple episodes i've been trying to stream the making of these episodes so we can take live questions and you can see the unabridged version of this podcast i edit down a lot of the silence and stuff and that's not a secret um but i would have on camera just showed you my head because it's jarring how much of a cancer patient i look like why'd you do that i missed that part if right you you already said it oh um there is a, a head lice infestation at my house Oh, I am terribly sorry, Dylan. Yeah, I did not get head lice, but I'm not risking it. I preemptively shaved my head, so I cannot get the Okay, lice. so uh, pro tip, I've dealt with this a lot and everything. What you want to do is anything you can't treat immediately right now, throw it in a uh, clothing-wise, throw it in, and normally this is bedding, right? So put it in a trash oh, bag. Yes. Fucking seal that bitch tight as fuck. Take it to like a uh, laundromat. And then just run it through the dryer like 10, 15 times. Yeah, it's going to cost you some money, but it's going to burn the shit out of them. Like, if there's anything there, then when you pull it out, you know, maybe give it, uh, you said you got the lice comb. Uh, Like I said, Mm -hmm. why don't you just buy the shampoo and shit? You can get the spray, also cheap as shit. Just give it a hit of that. Maybe put it in a new trash bag after you hit it with that. Leave it in there for a couple days. It'll be like I'm being very liberal with the timeline here. Some people will just throw it in the dryer multiple times after having sprayed it, but uh, you know, multiple times through the dryer, spray it down back into a new trash bag because reasons. Just leave it for a couple days in an area that you know is quarantinable type deal. Like you're uh-huh. not. Like, yeah, maybe we'll just throw all the other shit that could have it on there, and then it'll be good. You know, I heard a a version of that that was a lot simpler. It was just put it in a bag, seal it tight, and then give it four weeks. They'll starve. Um, Yeah. Your way is a lot faster, um, but we just ended up washing everything, and I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah, you you should be Um, good. I mean, to be fair, they hate water to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like the rainy season now, which is wonderful. I love it. Also... I buzzed my hair preemptively, so I it's it's not my problem. Like it's gonna be fine. Uh, but anyway, that's why I shave my head, and that's why I'm sad the stream is not working, so I could just show it to you live. Um, speaking of the stream, speaking of the stream, that I I meant to bring in there, I, and I 
am the king of digression, as everybody can see. Do, where do you stream to? Is it a dedicated website? Yes. Or, so okay. my friend Amy is working on a piece of software called Seder. Um, you know, like the little goat guy yeah. from Hercules. So I, yeah, it's you, called Seder, and basically you caught me up on that. I just wanted to know if there was a 16, this, um, dedicated site, or if you were like going to Twitch. Uh, this is a software you can set up on your own server, wherever your server is. If it's at your feet, like Argus here, or if it's like in a data center, you pay for like Amazon or whatever the fuck, right? And then you set it up, and you can just stream. Like I use OBS, like anyone else, and it works. The basically the idea is you can set it up on wherever you want. So multiple websites running the same software, right? Something familiar, and. You're your own admin. You're not going to ban yourself. You can say all the dirty words that Twitch bans you for. You won't be monetized because that's kind of the reason people stream nowadays is the, to get paid yeah. for it, right? But well, um, you can you can uh, set your thing to eighteen plus and be relatively vulgar. Uh, there, there, I've had is, nudity on my stream. Fair. Um, I'm surprised you're not banned. That's uh, very surprising. No, it, the video game had nudity. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. There's there's certain things that so are allowed for a period of time. Yeah. The point is, is that I, I had no intention to make money. So it's like, uh, well, if I'm going to stream and I heard about this thing being made. I was like, I want to try it. And I was like, well, yeah, this would be I, a cool thing to stream, I thought. And it was. Uh, support we had a couple your buddy of bug testing yeah. and everything. Yeah, exactly. I, I so uh, before the software had a name, it was just like this ugly uh, mess of JavaScript um, that nobody should fork. Like she totally remade it from scratch and uh, it's not working. Uh, and it's not working, <laughs> but it looks because a lot the prettier. ugly mess because the ugly mess had to be an ugly mess for everything else to work. I know a little bit about coding, and sometimes there's just stupid shit in there with messages around it. Don't fucking delete this, or everything goes kaput. <laughs> I mean, it could be my problem. I might be just be doing it wrong. Um, so I'm gonna play with it, test it out, and hopefully be ready the next time because I thought that was a fun component of the last couple episodes was having a live audience as small as it was because we recorded in the fucking break of dawn. But, you know, it was fun to to have the unabridged version. Speaking of your issues with Twitch and everything, I, I really like that idea. But speaking with your issues with Twitch and everything, uh, you are in the presence of two uh, professional streamers, if I do say well, so myself. I don't have a problem with <laughs> Twitch. I, well, I've made money through it. Yeah. So by definition, I am professional. Yeah, technically. I, um... I, I don't hate Twitch or or Mixer or or Hitbox back when Hitbox was a thing. If you remember I'm, that, I'm glad you mentioned Mixer because I was gonna Is get Hitbox my even get my fellow professional <laughs> streamers take on everybody getting these possible blank Microsoft checks and how I'm chasing one too, even though I'm nowhere near that level. So, victim, you and Sarge stream a lot. What do you think about Mixer? I think that it's too fledgling, but and what they're doing is, I mean, it's not, I mean, you don't need an account to watch somebody. You don't like, you don't need to pick a platform like you would say, you know, Epic. So it's not really controversial in that part. I mean, although people will try to make it that way. What do you think about the systems in Mixer? Do you, do you know much about them? I only just learned. Um, I've looked, I, I made an account cause I was actually, when I got back into streaming again, way, way, a year ago or so, I almost went to Mixer. Hmm. And it looks okay. I mean, it's it's got a sleeker design, I guess. 
Um, and Twitch is now literally stealing its design. So there's that too. I don't think they're stealing its design. They're stealing. They're copying components of it, like the chat highlighting and everything. But the I like to say that the design is much newer. Is that word? I still feel kind of like I'm uh, on Justin TV and Twitch. You know, like an older, dated website yeah. where. Microsoft, uh, like when the iPhone first came out, every phone kind of was like, eh, this is, did I say Microsoft first came out? When Apple's iPhone first came out, it was just different, and it was new, and it was sexy, and Mixer's kind of that. I, I agree. It is, it is very pretty. One thing yeah. I noticed is um, I don't really know a whole lot about how bits work on Twitch other than its currency that you can throw at people. Like, yeah, you earn those as you watch people, right? Uh, no, can, I don't or know if they do is it, it just anymore, but you used money. to be able to get it. Mm. It's you can get it through ads. Oh, so I don't know if it still works that way, but you used to be able to watch a few ads and you get like five or whatever, but it's a way to donate to people while having a wallet as it were on Twitch. Right. So you could like buy 15 bucks a bits and then you could be like oh yeah here's you know you can just like spread much. make and it rain on like a dozen effectively, yeah. yeah one is effectively a penny right see here's five bucks here's that blah, you know and that's and you pay you the, the the person donating you'd pay like i don't know let's say per 100 you pay like a dollar 40 or like you know that reduces as the more you buy yeah uh, in mm -hmm. one go yeah but you know, and then when you give it to the streamer, it's worth one for one. Yeah. So one bit is one cent. Okay. Motivation or incentive behind it would be that it's tracked by Twitch. So uh -huh. when they're reviewing you for partner and stuff, like your followers, your subscribers, your concurrent and blah, 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 that might come into it. Like they okay. might see, they might see those statistics and be like, hmm, okay, you know, because they are getting money off of that, right? As opposed to if people are just clicking off site to go to PayPal and donate to you straight, they're not getting any money, right? So oh. if they see that you're earning for them in that way, uh, affiliates recently got the ability to run ads. And we all know for a fact that running a certain amount of ads is going to be looked at. Like, when you apply for partner, if you're running ads relatively regularly and such, you're going to get a benefit. And they also... I need to do that they more. also incentivize it. I, I do too. They also incentivize it by... Brought to you by, by Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> yeah, but no, they... I mean, if I could get a sponsorship too, They incentivize it by saying, like, okay, you've ran, you know, a minute's worth of ads in the last hour or whatever, so new people coming in won't see a pre-roll. So you're incentivized to do it to get faster interaction times, which is kind of cool, I guess, but at the same time, there's... Like, you can lose people if you're trying mm. to grow and do it. So you really got to be careful about balancing it. Um, I personally use it as like a, hey, guys, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Boop. And then I run off to 
use the restroom, grab a drink, whatever, just really quick. I just want a yeah. 30 second and I, I, I let them know, but it makes sense. So, uh, the reason I brought up bits though, is cause, uh, mixer has a thing and it may or may not have been a thing when you tried it out victim. They have a thing called embers, which is apparently, I think they implemented it a bit after I looked. Yeah. That, it's like the same thing, but it, you earn, you can earn them based on, so they have partners that they stole from Twitch, like Ninja and Shroud. And Shroud, like during his first stream, I was there. I watched I w- it. Right? I want to get, I want to get in on that uh, dynamic after right. you talk about this. Right. So basically, some partners with Mixer, such as Shroud, can flip a switch on their stream that says, "My viewers earn embers, and you cannot spend embers on me." That means you watch Shroud, you tune into his stream, you earn a bunch of embers, and then you can go to the smaller streamers on Mixer and basically throw money at them that isn't your money. That's actually really cool. I didn't know that's how that worked. Is that for sure money? Because I'm pretty sure it's like a... It's their equivalent of bits. It might just be, you know, partnership favor and not actual money that they can bank. Okay. But it's it's functionally um, their version of bits. Because I thought it was more like the uh, chat points that Twitch has recently implemented where you could like highlight a message and such. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But uh, it's pretty cool. And also, during Shroud's first stream, uh, there was a giveaway for free sub, and it was all built into the website. I clicked a button, and I subbed to him without paying. Like It was like, claim yeah. your one month free uh, yeah, that... Shroud sub, and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> click. Because yeah, was... I logged in with my Microsoft account, which I used to log into Windows. I already had an account. Didn't have to sign up. No, that's Hard a to... good choice to do with uh, your, like, if you're Microsoft. Because they they own yeah. Mixer, right? Wildly guessing. Yes, they do. They own Mixer, and it's all baked into Xbox. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think it was like an like Xbox anytime first Anytime I uh, log into so Xbox, great. I get ads for it. That's how I knew Shroud Switch, because it was all over the Xbox dashboard. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, that's, It was big news. That's a great thing. And all, like, uh, them bringing people over and trying to get a bigger audience but i think as do many many big streamers that they are well they're doing the egs uh, method they're throwing a bunch of money at these streamers telling them to come over here and they're agreeing to do it yeah yeah but i think it would have worked if like i i think they would have boasted popularity and everything if they went in with like everybody like if they grabbed if on the same day ninja shroud say uh tim the tap man and uh doc says possibly in character that he would never do it i'm not really sure about that doc had a lot of spicy things to say about mixer if they grabbed four or five fucking huge people all at once like, imagine the Twitter shitstorm that would have happened. Like, everybody was talking about Ninja, and they were like, holy crap. And everybody was talking about Shroud, because, yeah. Now, imagine if it was, like, a, like just tons and tons of people who could be on at the same time and still be pulling 20,000, 30,000 concurrently. Like, their their communities do have overlap, but they individually are massive right so if you grabbed uh-huh. all of them and then the same day released a bunch of all those promo videos like wow you know now i'm on mixer like i don't think it would have killed twitch but i think that mixer would have be 
shaking it to its core. Yeah, right? like uh, I know that the first couple streams Ninja had were close to his normal concurrent, and they have fallen off to right uh, down to possibly a fourth. I think if they did that, they would be straight up at a concurrent just off of the overlapping viewers. Yeah. Thing, but it would bring more and more attention. So one of the things that uh, Doc mentioned was that Mixer has like total concurrent viewers, like way smaller than Twitch, which of course they do. I think what Twitch concurrent is around 1.5 million and Mixer is at like 500,000 at best. And so it's like, yeah, be king of the trash pile and I'll be over here on Twitch where the audience really is. And I think that that's really short-sighted because um, every time I hear about Twitch uh, in the news where I get my news, which is obscure enough to talk about Twitch, you know, various places on the internet, um, like YouTube. One of the things that I hear a lot of about Twitch is just controversy after controversy. Like, oh, this person got banned. This girl showed too much cleavage and got banned, even though it wasn't lewd. And, you know, it's just problem after problem. And it's like... No one's ever celebrating Twitch for being a good thing. Like they're like slowly becoming YouTube. They shoot themselves in the foot so often too. I, I, I kinda wanna hold my tongue a little bit with names and stuff because I am going to be starting a push to get up and up and up and into partner and I don't want this to come back. But there are some people who the TOS seems to not fucking matter for. I agree. Like you said, oh, she showed too much cleavage and blah 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 when I've like legitimately seen a couple people's vaginas like or legitimately have seen people like straight up bending over putting their ass in the cam and it's like okay why is it okay for you to do it but this other guy you know his pants were sagging a little bit and when he bent over he saw you saw his underwear Instaban. He was wearing yeah. like basketball shorts. Yeah, Stream he was interrupting band. out for thirty days. <laughs> yeah, not not that quite, but like close and fucking. Enough. Or like I, I think the I think the guy that I specifically saw wearing basketball shorts that bent over and everything, like that happened. And then still during his, uh, I assume he was on a schedule, his scheduled hours that he had set for himself, he was taken offline, and it was like, hmm. That's weird, you know? Yeah. And even Doc gets banned every once in a while. Like, remember that he was at some convention, I think it was E3, and he, like, took his camera in the bathroom, not thinking about it? He didn't even film anything that he wasn't supposed to either. That wasn't necessarily him. His cameraman. Bringing his camera into the bathroom. But Twitch also has a zero-tolerance policy. It doesn't matter if you're the one who fucks up on stream. Like, if if you're walking down the street and a chick flashes your camera, you're banned. Fucked. Well, potentially. I mean, and they may just do a... The thing about Twitch that I've noticed is, one, if you make some money, you will get, I don't know, Forgiven is easily the better choice. Special treatment. Sometimes you get uh, banned for like a day or two. There is some leeway to the rules if you are uh, brand friendly, as it were. There are some people who are not brand friendly and they don't have the same leeway. But for like, uh, I'll bring up XQC. He walks almost the same rope as everybody else. Uh, Doc, I feel like he would get some leniency, but he doesn't really do too much TOS shit. When he was banned, that's kind of fucking common sense. Don't bring a camera into a bathroom. What the fuck? Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's just one of those things. Like, you, 
It's just weird and creepy and I'm pretty sure actually illegal. So, <laughs> like, don't fucking do that, right? Yeah. Anyway, so uh, my point was is that I, every time I hear about Twitch in the news, it's usually like, oh, this person got banned or there's this controversy or that or someone didn't get banned when they should. And it, people are just up in arms all the time. Hardly ever do I hear praise or anything for, like, new features, new goodness. All the news is about Mixer, and that might just be because they're making moves, right? Um, Please never meme like that again. <laughs> <laughs> I see. You see what I did there. No, but, um, like, Mixer's actually trying to bring people on. Their website's really pretty, and it's like yeah. they deserve probably more viewers, and they'll probably get it. Yeah, at the same time, though, they uh, they are the little fish in the big pond, or little fish in the big ocean, or whatever. I think that the second so biggest not, fish is the thing. They're, yeah, they're, well, there's not many other platforms, but right. uh, I would argue YouTube is the second biggest fish. Oh, yeah, that's To fair. be honest, they Forgot. are not in the same... And YouTube doesn't want you knowing that either, by the way. Yeah, they're not, of course they don't. <laughs> Just, we're, we're fine over here doing our thing. Uh, but they're they're not, even though they're ran by a massive company, I don't think they're in the same advertiser ballpark, right? So they're not getting the right advertiser eyes on them, so they're going to be more lenient overall. I think if they had the same opportunities Twitch did, that there would be harsher punishments. And right such and there would be stricter guidelines naturally like it's it kind of makes me miss hitbox i mean hitbox was the wild west but i love streaming on it it was prettier than twitch i thought so much more degeneracy happened there though it was just behind the scenes you could see porn you could see isis beheadings and you could see video games yep. twitch only has one of those three well two sometimes but you know <laughs> porn gets kidding. on there quite often and it, it only lasts like a half hour, but, you know, it lasts a fucking half hour. I mean, it's right. fucking, it's, you know. It was not <clears> moderated <throat> as heavily. The rules were clear, and there are a lot of people breaking them. Yeah, it's late night fucking stars porn, but it's porn. Right. So Just go to know, just chatting anytime you want. Hitbox, rest in peace. I, it will be missed. Uh, long live Seder, which might be awesome one day. Um, I intend to use it once uh, once I get it working. Enough about streaming, though. So I mentioned that I watched Shroud on his first day. Uh, the reason why I was watching him was because, like him, uh, I could not log in to Call of Duty when I got it on release day. Because, like I said in the previous episode, even though Blizzard did the bad thing, I still pre-ordered the new Call of Duty game, and I intended to play it. Like I mentioned in another episode, you know, I, I, I live here with family and I, I play games with my brother-in-law. We sit next to each other. His computer is on my left. And huh. playing in person the same game, multiplayer, is fun as hell. And I bet he doesn't really pay attention to the, the whole controversy stuff either, right? Oh, he does. And he thought they were really shitty. Like, if he knew that was happening or if it happened a little bit sooner, he probably would have canceled his pre-order. He told oh, me. okay. I didn't know. So, okay. And if he was going to cancel his pre-order, I would have canceled mine. I mean, and... Like I was saying in a previous episode, I live with a family and playing a game with someone in the same room, multiplayer is kind of an unforgettable experience and it, it will make the worst game awesome. I was going to say it's a different, differing experience entirely. Right. Like I'm not saying Call of Duty's bad, but you probably remember several years where I was like a, an asshole about Call of Duty. Like I remember Modern Warfare and I was critical of it then. 
I was critical of Modern Warfare 2. And uh, by then, Which I was, was so great critical. Game, by the way, fuck they you. Were, they were both good. Right? Modern Warfare 1 was like really cool and game changing, as it were. But Modern Warfare 2 was fucking the game. Right. Like, they were both good. I thought the same with the year releases. The, the, the yearly Call of Duty releases and the toxic community behind Call of Duty games. The 12 year olds? Uh, yes. yes uh, led me to believe that, you know, Call of Duty wasn't worth my time. And I remember the one time I got muted on HeroCraft for legitimate reasons uh, was because I spoiled uh, the ending to Modern Warfare 3 on the day it came out. I, Good work. And I got, I got muted for that. I, I can't be mad at you for that. And anyone who, who cares about the story in Call of Duty that hard. That leads me to my next point, though. So unlike Black Ops 4, uh, which started off really fun, but didn't have a story mode. It was just multiplayer. And then they ruined the multiplayer. So the whole game's out the window, right? Uh, unlike Black Ops 4, the new Modern Warfare has a story mode, and it's a reboot of the story, right? I didn't know that until the end. when Because the, the spoiler I dropped that got me muted was, <laughs> Soap dies, <laughs> right? Not um, anymore. Which, Soap is like the first guy you play as in COD 4 and is kind of the main character? He was until I mean, they decided that um, Captain Price was worth more money, and they kind of just eased you into playing as Captain Price. Well, I mean, to begin with, you're playing unnamed Soldier A, but yeah. Right. So one thing I noticed about Modern Warfare, I didn't know it was a reboot until the end cutscene where Captain Price is talking to some like commander lady about assembling a team to go do some more heroic shit. And he's like, oh, she's oh, who do you want on your team? And he's like, naming off all these people whose names I kind of recognize, like Soap and Gaz. And it's like, oh, so this is a reboot. I didn't know that. You don't ever get to play as Price. He's just kind of like a mentor figure. While you play as, uh, most of the time, uh, a character named Alex who dies in the story. Spoiler. That's okay. We expect it at this point, given that since COD 4, they've managed to kill off at least one protagonist that you play as. Per game, right? One time wasn't in the intro. That wasn't for um, you weren't even you were the politician that uh, gets gunned down to go. So we go. country. So in Modern Warfare, you never get to play as Price, but he's like this mentor figure for Gaz, who I didn't know was Gaz until the end because he just goes by Kyle. Kyle Garrick is his name, apparently. And um, I didn't know it was Gaz until the end because at the end. Uh, when Price is explaining to this like commander lady, he's like, I guess he goes by Gaz. <laughs> Never told me. and Because he's a rookie in the story, right? Whereas he's not a rookie in the older COD games. He's just this other, you know, experienced badass you work with, right? Uh, so, and the other thing is that they changed him into a black guy. Now, I normally don't give a shit about that. But it lets a sour taste in my mouth. Because one, I didn't know he was Gaz until the ending, right? I thought he was just this new character named Kyle who was awesome and original and cool and it's like oh he's just a white dude they recast as a black dude it kind of ruins it. oh gaz was ghost wasn't it no those are two different guys oh right but they resurrect him too don't they uh yes they they basically resurrect all of the brits that they've killed yeah because it's a total reboot and it's guys died in the first game didn't he he was the one that uh when you're doing that uh final like bridge shootout in slow-mo uh, he's the one that like th- slides you a gun as he gets shot in the back of the head. Oh, right. fuck. I, yeah, I think that is him. So um, this leads me to my second point. Uh, the fact that I can't just tell you that is because I don't think the Call of Duty story was very good back in the day. And it's still not that great now. And all the people 
who pretend to be upset that Gaz was recast as a black guy because they don't like black guys. Um, or, or maybe they're not pretending and they're just idiots. I think these people are foolish, uh, not only for their beliefs, but also because um, being mad about this implies that they had any respect for the original Modern Warfare story, which was surface-level bullshit. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's just somebody looking to be mad. It, it actually kind of full, brings us full circle back to the whole Bethesda thing, where people were hunting down other people playing, but the, who have had first. Right. So it's like, to be mad about this, you must first have had any level of respect for the original story, which is a fool's errand because it, the original story was garbage. It was like a cheesy action movie. And also, uh, this new Gaz, who is a black man, a black British man, uh, is amazing and probably the best character in the game. I hope he's voiced by Idris Elba. Uh, he's not. Uh, I mean, he kind of sounds like him a little bit, but uh, definitely wasn't voiced by that guy. That was probably his inf- inspiration for the character. Yeah, I just hope every British person is voiced by Idris Elba, especially if they're black. But like, that man's got a voice. I, he's got the so he's got the same accent, but it's definitely a different actor. Uh, however, uh, the point I was trying to make was that uh, he was definitely the best character in the story, and I feel cheated that he's not like a new original character. You know, uh, feminists, uh, real and fake, get mad about female characters that are just female versions of a man, right? And I'm like should should people be mad about when it happens to, to people getting changed from white to black? Well, I, I think the real thing that people should be mad about is the fact that the, you know, the writers or the directors or whoever are not creatively intelligent enough to just fucking create a new black guy. Like they have to like imprint him onto someone who already existed. Like they couldn't just be original. They had to do that. Right. Because, like, a black character can be amazing. In fact, a lot of black characters in movies and video games and whatever end up being, like, really beloved characters. And a lot of people, like, overlook that. But, like, when they do this bullshit, of course it's controversial. Of course. And whether whether or not people hate it or love it or for the right or wrong reasons, it still gets controversial. Yeah. Also, his, his blackness had no bearing on the story. Uh, the only thing about him that had bearing on the story was the fact that he was a rookie to the world-class, like, world-saving antics of Captain Price and his crew that he ends up joining. He so starts he gets out, sidelined even, yeah. e- either way. He was a veteran in his own right uh, in his like local security force, whatever, and he gets roped up at a terrorist attack early on in the game and meets up with Captain Price, who's sent to deal with it. And then Price is like, I like this guy, get him on my team. And then it happens, because Price is Price, right? Uh, yeah. Price is right. <laughs> Hold on, if I can find an interject here. Creating a new black character for the game might have pissed off the purists, which is whatever. Fuck those guys. But we can't. What about him? We can't be. We new character in a reboot of the game that didn't have him. Blah blah blah. But no 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 no. But But it's not a remake. It's totally different. Yeah yeah. The real issue. That was my point. Okay. I think there's already enough new. Okay. But it really wouldn't matter. And and hold on. Like hold on hold on hold on hold on. It's a reboot, but it. It has, it does make no effort to retell the original Modern Warfare story. story. It is okay. totally different. That's that's great, but the the main thing, the point of my interjection was, how could we for sure trust that there wouldn't still be a controversy because when they made a new character who happened to be black, that they didn't lean into a stereotype or multiple stereotypes or people perceived that there was a stereotype there and then they were like that's fucking racist because 
That shit happens all the time. It's true, but I think that's the same kind of fear. Maybe they took the safe route in hopes that it wouldn't rustle so many Jimmys. Well, I don't think it's a safe route. The safe route that they picked was that he's British. And so all the stereotypes that most people are familiar with are out the window. Because all British people are the same. <laughs> they they also replaced the guy, which they or rather a different copy British guy. pasted yeah. over. Yeah. So they may have like seen that as the safer route as opposed to create something that could just cause a possibly larger controversy. So I kinda get where they're at, but I don't think it's right. But I think that they went in a direction that maybe they didn't trust their writers. Maybe uh, I mean maybe. Maybe they're just dumb and they were just like, fuck it, we don't want to make a new character. There's a lot of things, but I, I do see how creating a brand new character could have been just bad for them. It, could, it also could have just been costs. A whole lot easier to change the skin tone of a dude and like alter his features you know with like their I, I don't think cost was a deal. factor they they spent a lot of time making a new engine like no other call of duty game looks like the new one it is very different if a call of duty game was having troubles with a budget i would be a little mad at them for trying to reboot the story i feel like that would be the wrong move because they're just going to repeat mistakes at that point yeah but they still have a budget they're not just like carte blanche with it you know they're yeah but then then you could argue that they made a black guy as an afterthought, and that's even more controversial, in my opinion. It, not yeah. necessarily as an afterthought. They may have like wanted him in, and then they get to the you know the character design and upgrading and everything, making sure that the bugs and all that were out of it. And then they were like, "All right, now we got to make this dude." And they were like, "Fuck, we really don't want to pay to have a ground up thing built type deal," you know, because the. Then they're going to have to make a whole new, you know, they're going to have to give him voice lines and stuff if they want him to be a part of the story. They're going to have to kind of, like, I assume he has an arc of some sort in the game. I haven't played it. He does. Yeah. Um, it's actually pretty good. He's Again, he steals the show along with Price. Okay. Uh, but the problem is, is that you don't know but he's Gaz until after the end credits. Yeah. Like... Before then, he's just a new original character that you're already sold on because you just had this wonderful cinematic experience with him through some of it through his eyes, not all of it, some of it through his eyes. And he's just a great rookie self insert that also has a personality because it, the story is pretty dark. You do some fucked up shit. Yeah. And he, the game asks if you're okay with it and you can actually like choose not to. And there's dialogue options in each path. And it's like, He's a he's a good character. So you're saying that making him gas was just the afterthought. That yes. Okay, so they could have just named him, you know, Tim. They could have just not done that, and it would have been fine. Yeah, all this talk about reshoots and and changing things and budgets, I think that doesn't matter because but not necess not necessarily reshoots. Like you know, if if Gaz still existed in place and everything, but he was also there, like that's another person they have to animate and so on and so on and when they get to that stage you know maybe their budget isn't wide enough because no one's just going to be like yeah we got fucking 20 billion dollars let's spend it all on a game like no one's mm. going to do that you know well the budget cuts um 
would be in the length department because that campaign was pretty short. Yeah, yeah I heard it was about five hours advertised. Yeah, that that sounds about right for a Call for of Call of Duty. Duty yes, I mean, yeah. For a reboot of the story, they probably should have made Although, it longer. For older games, it was like ten to fifteen hours sometimes. It was yeah. usually these newer ones that hit, are hit around the five to six hour mark. Yeah, I would definitely say that COD four or Modern Warfare, if you will, uh, yeah. was probably closer to ten hour campaign. Yeah, same with World of War. Although yeah. I think depending on how you played it, World of War could have been like a fifteen hour campaign. But but to be fair uh, to Call of Duty um, Modern Warfare is that uh, it was a very entertaining campaign, and there were like two missions where like you have to use the night vision, and it was like really clever. Like there's one mission that's like really short. All you do is raid a house, a single house where there are terrorists, right? And it's like it's like watching a a movie, right? Like you've seen those like new age war movies with like the night vision and the house raiding, like Zero Dark Thirty, for example. That movie was about Captain oh, yeah. Osama or yeah. bullshit, right? Or what other like other movies like that that are like super modern and violent? And it was like watching one of those. Like you're this is one of the missions where you get to play as Gaz, and you're basically there with Price and a team, and you're like going door to door, like with, with silencers and like sneakily like opening them and like taking everyone out. And if you shoot an innocent, you get a game over. But if you shoot a, a person who well, is not very realistic, not innocent, you don't. But but sorry, you don't know necessarily if they're innocent or not until they pick up a gun and start shooting at you because like some of the women and children will be like, oh my god, don't shoot, and then like they'll back away and reach for a gun, and then you can kill them. If you kill them too early, it's like, hey, trust you, don't do that. And then if you wait until they start pulling guns on you, it's like, okay, now you can kill the children. Like, <laughs> it's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to be the episode title. It's tempting, but no. Pull the guns on the children <laughs> and kill them. That's. And like the the last uh, confrontation in that mission, and you're in like close to the top. You're in the top floor, and um, you you kill a guy that's holding a girl hostage, right? And then you kill the guy. She backs up like, "Oh my god, don't shoot! I'm 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 not with them." And she's like backing towards a detonator to blow the whole house up. And you have to shoot her before she like pulls it. And if you don't, the other guy will because it's not obvious at all that she's not combatant. And it's like, damn, that's crazy. Like the that's not a Call of Duty thing. I mean, yeah, Call of Duty has some shock moments and shock value a lot of the time, right? And that's definitely what this was. But it was so slow. Like it makes you, it forces you to walk. It forces you to go slow. That is like very different from the Call of Duty formula. Call of Duty was always cartoonishly fast. Hell, Call of Duty used to have an arcade game mode, which was the exact same thing as the single player, but cut out the cutscenes and add score values. Yep. Right. It's silly. It, and it was cartoonish and it was ridiculous. And this one is like a kind of try hard. Like, can, can try hard be used to describe? I mean, I think try hard can like, be described when you are literally putting in well over the required amount of effort. So, yes. Yeah, because some of it is like shocking for the sake of being shocked, which is a Call of Duty staple. But the engine is so pretty and they, they, they spend so much time like making you feel shocked. Like there's there's this um fictitious country in a fictitious land in a that is taking a slice out of like the Black Sea that doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. Because it shows up on a map in the game and it's like you look on Google Maps and it's like that doesn't exist. It's Atlantis. That's water. Before Atlantis. <laughs> this game right. technically takes place billions of years ago. 
it's a fictitious Middle Eastern country uh, that lo- geologically does not exist. That, that's water where that is in real life. And um, there's this like rebel group that is, you know, obviously a stand in for the real life Kurds. There's this fictitious country and the, with the fictitious people uh, that are being oppressed by Russians. Of course they are. And they um, are very obviously supposed to be like a stand in for the Kurdish people who are part of a very real life conflict with very, very real life complexity, but with cartoonish simplicity yeah. of Call of Duty. And they try to sell you on the struggle of these rebels because they, they pair you with their leader, who is this girl uh, and her brother, right? And there are two flashback missions where you play as them. And you, you the first one, you play as them when they're very small children and you have to like kill a soldier as he raids your house and like kills your family. And like there was another one where, because that mission ended in capture, uh, no matter how good you do, as you flee the mustard gas, there's like the second one where it's like 10 years later and they're like in prison still after being captured in the last mission and you like escape and then like Captain Price shows up at the last minute to save you. Yeah. It's like, it's cartoonishly simple. It's like a bad season of 24, but it's like framed in like some sense of realism that Call of Duty never quite Honestly, nailed. You're making me want to buy the fucking game just for the story. And that's a, that's a, it was that's good. a tall order it, for five fucking hours of story. Don't worry. Don't worry, Vic. There are people on YouTube just for you. That's awesome. <laughs> you, you know what? That's fair. Also, uh, I, I do recommend it. I, I'm not mad that this game exists and, you know, fuck Blizzard, but I had a good time with that campaign. And let me tell you about the multiplayer because we're running out of time. But give me a minute to talk about this multiplayer. So, Victim, you're familiar with Call of Duty multiplayer. You played a little bit of Black Ops 4 with me. You remember how cartoonishly fast and stupid it, it yes. is. And I kind of hated the hero abilities, but they didn't necessarily ruin it for me. But yes. They're gone. Don't worry about that. <laughs> well, they so, didn't sell very well. Yeah. So first order of business, the heroes are gone. You can still pick a quote unquote operator to play as with a couple of customization options, but they're mostly palette swaps and you start with all of them. But your quote unquote hero ability, um, they're all they're all bad, and you can just pick which one you want. Like, no matter who you're playing as, no matter what team you're on. Um, like one is munitions box. You throw down a box or anyone on your team, including yourself, can resupply until it disappears. One is um you can pilot a little drone that spots enemies, but you have to fly it yourself. You know, small, inconsequential things like that. No crazy juggernaut mode like that fucking one guy with a shield pistol thing. That was dumb. That was dumb. The the hero stuff and all the bad things about it are essentially gone, even though these powers are still in the game. They're not that game-changing. Very minor. And most people just use munitions box anyway. <laughs> I mean, more bullets is equal better. You mean more claymores? Right? Well, anyway. I mean, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> more underbarrel grenades. Nice. Yes, underbarrel grenades are back, and I love Noob them. Tubes. Oh my god! Listen, you could cross map with a fucking frag grenade. I I don't see the difference anymore, realistically. So there, there's that. Honestly, the only reason people got mad at them is because anybody could. That's use them. fair. They were the great equalizer, and people got mad that their badass skill at a video game. With is defeated a, by but, a weapon they chose not to yeah, counter intentionally. Yeah, but even then, like, I don't know, Dylan, you, you've seen how I can play that game. It, all it really takes is, like, a good aim in Call of Duty, and you are automatically going to one-shot people who would otherwise take, like, five bullets to kill you. So, like, it doesn't equalize it enough for me to care. But for the average player, maybe. Yeah, or just drink enough Red Bull until you start having prescient visions. Exactly. That works, too. Oh, but anyway, so let me tell you, I mentioned earlier they have a new engine, a graphical engine, right? So. Now, 
this doesn't sound like Call of Duty, what I'm about to explain to you, but the maps are, you know, a little bigger. Some too big, I will admit. Uh, but there are doors that you can open and close. You can peek around, you can snap to corners to peek around them. You you can't just peek any moment like Siege, but like you can mount on a door and like peek around it and not expose yourself too much and before you move on. You can also mount on chest high walls and stuff like that. It steadies your aim a little bit and it keeps you a little more hidden than if you're just crouching, right? ADS time across the board, higher, much higher, so much higher. No scoping is not really a thing anymore with sniper rifles because that's really hard to do. Uh, but you can still do it because every weapon levels up independent of you as you use it, right? And I think the max level is like 60-something, right? And every level or so gets you a new attachment. Uh, you can have six attachments at a time, no matter what they are. Of course, there's only so many slots, so you can't like have five underbarrel attachments. That's oh, ridiculous, man. Right. <laughs> but you can have, uh, and also one of those attachments, one of those attachments is a perk. So, for example, I have an M4, I have the underbarrel, I have full metal jacket so I can shoot through walls. I have a scope that is times four, but if I hit left shift, it's a red dot. Like, it's got both. And I can just left shift as much as I want to change it, right? Good old Arma scope, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple different scopes that do that, too, with the left shift to change it. I say that, but those exist in real life, too. I, just for anyone who thinks I'm being an idiot, I am being an idiot, but... <laughs> I have a uh, a different stock like that. The stock is its own slot, and there's like five different ones, and they all give plus and minuses to your stats, which one of which is timed to ADS. So if you want to um, do trick shots with a sniper rifle, you need to only pick attachments that increase your ADS time and don't benefit you otherwise, or give you disadvantages that you now have to deal with. Honestly, that's the way it should be. Realistically, I really hated uh, what was a Black Ops 2's system of paying uh, like Ugh. your points to <laughs> add attachments. Shit, dude. That was so well, dumb. Attachments should be pluses and minuses to everything. Like when you put a scope on your site or on your gun, higher ADS time. Easy. Oh yeah. Like why bother giving me categories Easy. to fucking put shit on? If I still have to fucking manage this god awful system on the side, they they figured it out, and I th this system works that we have now, and um, it has so many options to mix and match your plus and minuses that you want that no real meta has yet emerged. We may still get one in the end, uh, but right now there's a lot of viable options, and you can basically serve it up yourself. Um, I mean, the M4 is really good. I mean, you can just shotgun up to bullets kill. I mean, that's how a lot of Call of Duties went. ADS times way, way up. Time to kill is like low as it's ever been. You can Good, still drop somebody in two shots. That's the way it should be, honestly. And you can shoot shotguns from far away. Oh, hey, like Battlefield. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's not, you know, 100 meter shotguns, but yeah, that's, that's Oh, <laughs> yeah. But it's like refreshing. So let's talk about game modes real quick while I still have a little bit of time. So. Uh, one thing that you probably didn't know is that they have a mood called gunfight where it's 2v2, only 2v2. And you can bring a friend. You don't have to match with a random, right? Imagine this, 2v2, tiny map. It's described as a cage match, but to be honest, all the stages are rectangular and symmetrical. And you get a random loadout. You don't get to pick it. And the random loadout you get is what everyone gets. You all have the same loadout every round. And you just go like 10 rounds. It's fun as hell. 
Actually, yeah, I've heard that is easily the only game mode that they've added that really keeps you engaged. Yeah, because you're always on your toes, especially when you spawn with Molotovs and shotguns, and it's like, but I'm a sniper guy, I don't like this, and then you get wrecked by... I miss the the actual fucking war modes with maps that actually made sense, like where you had to like cap one point like towards someone where you could touch the next one. Oh, I don't know. I loved that. I have heard that um, the maps are actually just too big. Yeah, a lot of the game modes, like the maps are too big for, and I hope they fix that by, you know, making some maps just not for some game modes when you do quick play. Or, well, one of the other complaints I've heard is that they've done away with the traditional, like, structure of having the three lanes, and sometimes it's just one lane in an area, which really turns the winning team very obviously to the one that's already winning yeah it's got some some trouble with the map design however they have committed earlier which they could still go back on uh but they did commit earlier that um they will not sell maps as dlc as that fragmented black ops 4 really bad because um basically buying the pass guaranteed that you'll never find a match because it'll try keep trying to put you in the new maps that nobody else had because a lot of people refuse to buy it like me like me and that that you're better off not buying it because you'll find matches faster. So that all, all new maps will be free. Uh, that way everyone can play them, and there's no fragmentation, because that was proven to be very bad. And there's still a chance that they'll just add smaller maps that everyone likes, because they'll get it right. Um, but shame on them for not getting it right the first time, of course. Yeah. right? They should still be held accountable for that. But at the same time, some of the maps are just great, like for the game modes. And some of them are not. And there's some combinations of these that I really dislike. But that's every Call of Duty Honestly, game. the original Call of Duties, what they used to do is they used to take maps from the single player, add a couple different things here and there, and then just throw them into the multiplayer. We used to make the joke that the Call of Duty maps were so bad that they were actually kind of good. Well, you know, me and Sarge here, we're really spoiled because, you know, I played a lot of the first Metal Gear Online and all yeah. those maps were perfect <laughs> you can't top that and Metal Gear Online 2 also very good in the map design but that's just you know Kojima productions in say. action their design it's when you get a flawless. guy who's used to making like flawless single player games and he wants to make multiplayer and his only thought process is I, I'm gonna suck at this I need to make this perfect and then he does it because he's competent in what he does right imagine some snot nosed zoomer walks up and he's like <laughs> But what about Nuketown? It's like the best map ever made. And it's like, motherfucker, you've never experienced Ghost Factory. Don't talk Listen, to Listen, Nuketown's not even that great a map. It's it's one of those maps that's really good for someone who's mm-hmm. like cheesy at Call of Duty. And I, I say this, I know I, this is easy. It's, it's very cheesy because anyone with a certain, like, I don't know, depending on which one, it, it has changed from sniper rifle to SMG to whatever. But like, if you're running like a very quick time to kill weapon, you can just run the map. It's so short. It's so small. It's the same thing with rust. People loved rust in modern warfare too, but was it a good map per se? No, not really. It was just small. That's the only thing that people actually fucking liked about it. The best small map wasn't ghost factory. It was, I can't remember the name. I want to say they were just called warehouse a and B in metal gear. Right, yeah. A, B, and C. I don't remember the, the yeah. prefix, but it was something A, something B, something C. Warehouse B was good. I think it's Warehouse. Yeah. I think a, that was, that was what I it think was, called. was the best one. Because that was, it was basically a big square. That was the one with four pillars yeah, and it grass was a big everywhere. Square yeah, it was square with like some shipping containers and 
grass everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's very good for 1v1. And then uh, Warehouse B had nine boxes, which introduced lanes. Some of them you can crawl under with little vents. Some of them you couldn't. And you can get on top as well. And then Warehouse C, it was four different rooms. And it introduced a little bit of a verticality to it, which was nice. Mm -hmm. But Ghost Factory is legit. It was, it was so substantially good. larger when you're talking in like the genre of small maps. Uh, I guess you're right. I mean, it wasn't. It, it's just one building. It's more like Rust yeah. from Call of Duty Two. Small but large, Not, like weird. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you know, uh, Warehouse A, B, and C, uh, all three of them, in fact, compare more to the yeah. Nuketown. And then you get the bigger maps like B Town. You remember B Town? Yeah. Oh my God. And well, uh, they they renamed them all in Metal Gear Online too because they had a naming scheme where it was like two of the same letter. It was like a fucking superhero name, uh, <laughs> like Clark Kent. No, it was uh, alliteration. Like City Under Siege was changed to like something. Uh, I remember B Town was renamed to like Copper Town something with a C. Copper Town. I want to say Mayhem, but it was like a synonym for Mayhem that um, started with a C, and then like. It was like map A A B B C C Grozny Grad G G. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they yeah. they turned all of Grozny they turned all of Grozny Grad from Milligar Solid 3 into a single map. Because you know how in Milligar Solid 3 it had several like loading screens between yeah. the doorways, right? Um they made it all one map because Milligar Solid 4 was engine and they like they aged it up to the year that Milligar Solid 4 takes place in, twenty fourteen, so it's all wrecked oh, and nice. snowy. It was great. I, I didn't play MGO two, mainly because I didn't have a PS4 at the time, but also just I I did play it a little bit and it was new buttons and everything and mechanic and I only had a short period of time to play it and I was like I can't fucking do this like my ego at the time was like no I was the last fucking foxhound I'm not gonna get my shit stomped in by these crap players so I think the moral of the story you know looping us back to Call of Duty real quick is that while I won't buy it I will play it but only if Hydra buys it for me. <laughs> oh boy. I can smell you. Hey, this is Sarge here. This is the outro, obviously. I just wanted to let everybody know that we need to give thanks to our special guest, Rick, and to tell you guys where you can come and follow us on social media. You got shipposter.club slash dialon. You got twitter.com slash mm underscore victim. Twitter.com slash sarge to barge. And because it's my birthday today, I would love it if any of you that are Twitch users go over to twitch.tv slash sarge to barge. Hit me with a follow. Maybe you have Twitch Prime and you can give me a sub. That'd be fantastic it helped me out a lot that's where i've been that's why i wasn't on the last couple of recordings thank you guys we love your faces